me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Take us to those places, Lord, in this time together, in the first eight weeks of the year, uh, to, those, uh, to those places that have been difficult and challenging. Allow us a, a, a time of reflection in your word and a sense of hope going forward. Lead us with that same voice by which you led your son, Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, and John. That in the moments we have here and throughout our lives, we would listen to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's just rhythms to life that work. Um, spring, summer, fall, winter. We see him come, we, 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 we know the, the pieces of that, and, and just love that. In our, in our place, we say we have two seasons, brown and green, and we're getting to ready to move from green into brown, and that's just cool. It's, it's a season, it's the way it goes. There's, there's planting, cultivating, harvesting, storing away. That's just kind of how it works if you're a gardener or have Midwestern roots or rural roots, you know exactly how that works. It's, there's, there's roots today you, you, you've seen. We got little Ford, he, he, birth and vitality and growing up and figuring it out. And then there's middle age. And I'm middle age if I'm going to live to be 104. So you know, it's what, 108. But there's growing older and then there's the end. It's just kind of how it works. There's just cycles and rhythms to life, and God made it that way, and I love that he made it that way. You can, you can almost anticipate, right? We can anticipate the sun coming out and warming everything up and, and things just popping with green. It's going to be awesome, unless you live in Minnesota, in which case it's going to be winter for another six months, but that's a whole different thing, you know? In our scripture today from Luke chapter 9, there's, there's a rhythm to this. And the rhythm is first the suffering, then the glory. First the suffering, and then the glory. It just works that way. You see, you don't get to the gold medal stand without the work and suffering and training that comes with it. You don't get to stand at the very top until you've arduously made your way up all of the challenges that, that are before you in whatever venue of life that is. First there's the suffering and the work, and then there's the glory and the finish. One of my favorite things to do for exercise is mountain biking. My son got me into it, and now I'm a kind of a nerd about it. I'm working the science and the physics. I never understood how a derailleur worked. And my friend sat me aside and said, this is how it works. And then the chain gets smaller and it gets bigger, and then you pedal faster and slower, and you got more pulling. Okay, whatever. But my favorite place to go right now is in Santiago Oaks Park. First the suffering, then the glory, right? Santiago Oaks Park looked like this two years ago. We remember that is, is what it is. That's not too far from my house. And my daughter, my wife and I were at a trip, a mission trip, helping Pastor Singer's church in Houston. And uh, there was a fire burning within a quarter mile of our house, within yards of our house. And Sarah was evacuated and uh, our whole neighborhood was evacuated and it just burned and burned and burned. And we know what that's like. When, when you see the aura of the, uh, of the flames on the bottom of the clouds, you know that it's a big fire in Orange County. And 
Santiago Oaks burned. And it suffered. <laughs> and it looked a lot like that for a long time. That's the little piece of the trail between Santiago Oaks and Irvine Park. Used to be lush with all sorts of stuff and beautiful. Up to the left, my friends, I was riding on the trail below because I'm kind of wimpy, and my friends were on the trail above. On that trail, they yelled, snake on the trail! Everyone stops and looks, and the red rattlesnake slithers away like, what are you doing up here? All that burned away. First the suffering, then the glory. This week I got out as well. Two days. I, I got out to ride. Two days just before it started raining. And, and, and the, 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 the sign said, don't go here. And in my younger days, I would have gone, eh, whatever. Being wimpy. There's probably a little wash in the trail. It's no big deal. Be a man. Let's go get it. And not this time. It was a couple of 10-foot wide uh, chasms with 12 feet underneath that had washed out. The trails were rutted and pitted. And usually I can ride my bike and when I track it on my computer, it'll say personal record here, second best time there, third best time there. I only had three on this one. And it was all third place finishes on trails I hadn't been on in a long time, which means I went really slow and carefully. But one of the things what was refreshing was after the suffering, it's starting to look like this out there. California poppies. You can see them. If, if, if you drive west on the 91 and you look up to the northwest in the Chino Hill State Park, Regional Park, you can see the poppies on the hill. And the poppies are starting to bloom too in Santiago Oaks and in Irvine Park. First struggle, then glory. First suffering, then restoration. I can still smell the fire and still smell the smoldering coals and you can still see the damage on the oak trees, but the flowers are starting to pop back. And it's not quite like that yet, but it will be in a couple weeks. A couple sunny days that wild mustard will pop and the whole thing will be yellow. And you'll have to take a Claritin before you go because the, the, the pollen will just be insane. And the trails will eventually be kind of cleaned out. And, and there's, there's people who go up with their uh, shovels and axes and they'll clean it out. And, and then it'll get brown and then it'll rain again because that's how the cycle of seasons goes. First the suffering, then the glory. And this is the piece that burned up. And it doesn't quite look like that, but it's pretty close. Another two weeks, you'll be able to smell the fire, but the remains of it will be nothing. And that's not me. <laughs> I aspire to that. First the suffering, then the glory. First the fire, then the renewal. First the sickness, then the healing. First the sin and then the grace. Moses and Elijah knew that in our gospel lesson from Luke. They'd been through that. Moses knew exactly what that was all about. Man, Moses had been almost literally through hell in his life. It wasn't easy to be Moses. Even though he grew up with kind of a, a, a privileged childhood. He grew up in a way that, that then was educated in a way and lived in Pharaoh's court. Raised as a son of maybe the greatest leader in the world at the time. And then it got hairy. 
He killed a guy with his bare hands. He ran away to the middle of nowhere to wrangle sheep. And then all of a sudden, there's this bush in the desert that burns up but isn't consumed. And the voice of the Lord says, Moses, have I got a deal for you? Moses, rise up. You're 80 years old. We got work to do. Come on, let's go. And his suffering didn't end when the Lord called him. He can make a pretty good case that his suffering began when the Lord called him. And the whole course of his life transforms. He leads God's people out on the exodus out of Egypt. And at the end of our Old Testament lesson, Moses walks with God and then he dies. And God buries Moses with his own hand. What did they talk about? When they walked, Moses have a heart attack and the Lord grabbed him. Moses had congestive heart failure and finally took that last labored breath. And the Lord laid him down in the grave. The Lord said to Moses, you're the man. Remember when we had that conversation on the top of Mount Sinai? And, and, and those people were worshiping that golden calf. And, 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 and Lord, you looked at me and you said, look at your people. And I looked back at you and I said, not my people, your people, Lord. Yeah, I remember that. Let it go, Moses. First the suffering, and now the glory. Close your eyes. Well done. Let's go home. First the suffering, then the glory. So too with Elijah. Elijah just won the Super Bowl of spirituality and he defeated the prophets of Baal. And Jezebel and Ahab wanted to kill him because he'd been so successful. He'd stood strong in front of all these people, tough and, and, and mean and, and sarcastic in every way, just tough. And then he stands alone before the Lord after all this victory and he says, just let me die. They've killed everybody else. Just let me die, Lord. And if you remember this story, he, God, Lord comes to him in, a, in an earthquake and a strong wind. And finally, he comes to him in a still, small voice. He says, Elijah, it's going to be all right. First the suffering and then the glory. You're going to be okay. And he reminds Elijah in his most difficult moment, that glory is on the way. That there's a light shining at the end of the tube, at the end of the pipe. And he's going to get there. And so the Lord strengthens him with that hope and with that vision. He says, I got another prophet named Elisha. You go get him. I got another king who's going to take over. We'll get him set up. Oh, and by the way, I got thousands of people that you don't even see who have not laid a knee to a false god to Baal. So catch your breath. I got this under control. First the suffering, then the glory. So too with Jesus. The three greatest leaders of the Lord speaking about Jesus' path of suffering. Luke says they, they spoke of Jesus' exodus. Jesus' exodus. A warm and familiar conversation. Moses had been a shadow of it, so had Elijah. And now Jesus was going to his suffering. He's going to his death. His death leading an exodus from death to life. 
from sin to grace, from earth to heaven, from fear to courage, from suffering to glory. Jesus leads through the suffering of the cross to our being united with his Father in heaven. And it ain't gonna be easy. And maybe Moses said, I've been there, Jesus. I've been there. I've seen this. And there's going to come a point where you're going to want to quit. But that's going to be your finest hour. And Elijah said, you know what? Even after I won that great victory, I'm still tired and worn out. But Jesus, you can do it. You can do it. And I wonder if Jesus needed that encouragement. Because in his human self, as was demonstrated in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was some holy trepidation that went with this. And Elijah and Moses, the two greatest leaders, the greatest leader and the greatest prophet, came around the Son of God and said, we did it, you can do it too. And as if that wasn't enough, the voice from heaven comes down and says, this is my son whom I love, whom I have chosen, listen to him. First the suffering, the cross, and then the glory of the resurrection. Everything kind of changes in church this week, and I like that. I like that it changes. It can't get in a rut. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. We're going to gather together strong. We always do. We have great attendance. People come out. Ash Wednesday is one of those things where it turns. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to turn toward the cross. And I don't know where you've been the first eight weeks of, 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 of 2019, but I know where I am, and I know that I need that refocus. I, I need the Lord to kind of take my head from here and move it back to the cross and say, hey, big guy, there's challenges out there, and there's stuff to do and things you've got to get after, but I am with you in that tube. I am with you through that pipe and I'm shining the light of my love for you down that pipe. Keep moving toward me. This is my son. Listen to him. Come on, you can do it. I love you. You can make it. Keep going. You're fine. I'm with you. Listen to the voice of Jesus this Lent and leave your brokenness and your suffering with him. First, the suffering then the glory. First the brokenness, then the healing. First the cross, and then the open tomb. And that's what Lent is all about. One of the things that we're good at as a church is praying for one another. And sometimes it's really hard. We gather your cards and the ones that are private, the pastors pray for. We gather your cards and the ones that are public, we have a whole array of people that pray for. We have four prayer groups that are organized and they pray and pray and pray. Monday afternoon, I sat with the ladies a couple times and they said, Pastor, pray with us. Tell us what you need prayer for. And having been pastor at this church since uh, 1993, I know what to pray for because us together we've walked through that pipe I started preaching on this part of my sermon at 8 o'clock I saw some faces go down and some tears well up we go back to those times of great loss 
I love the story of little Luca Rossi, who was born about three months, maybe four months premature. So little that his father's wedding ring could go over his wrist. And my Tuesday morning Bible study guys prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Not two weeks ago, Luca was sitting right where Pat and Barbara and Steph, maybe even in Steph's chair. Smart Alec. You look at him and you say, Luca, Vancouver. He says, Canucks. You say, L.A. He says, Kings. You say, New York. He says, Rangers or Islanders. He just loves it. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And as Luca got weaker, we became more fearful. As Luca got stronger, we got more confident, always knowing that that little life was in the hands of Jesus. We prayed people through serious cancer. We prayed them through unemployment, through depression and emotional distress, through drug addiction and alcoholism, through divorce, through surgery, through all sorts of stuff. Stuff that were I to make a list of, I could preach for another 25 minutes this morning, but... But the resolution from suffering sometimes is here on earth and sometimes God brings resolution and glory in heaven. But the prayer of God's people brings clarity to community and clarity to hearts as we pray together with the suffering person. And our prayers bring a focus on the Son of God, Jesus, the healer. This week in terms of prayer and suffering has been really difficult. We got word this week that one of our teachers, her husband, went in. He had abdominal pain, and the doctors looked at him and said, you have really, really bad, really, really rare, really, really fast-growing cancer. 46 years old, sits in the balcony with his family, his wife, and his three boys every single Sunday, deeply committed to the Lord Jesus and his work. In St. Joseph's this morning on about the most hardcore chemotherapy that there is. And so we rise up in prayer because that's what the people of God do. When one suffers, we don't throw them out of the tent and say, you know, sorry, you can't be here. It's too hard for us. Rather, we enfold, we love, we pray, we encourage. So as that family walks down the tube of suffering to the glory that will come, that there's the encouragement of the body of Christ and the voice of Jesus that says, we got this together. You see, that's what it means to listen to Jesus and to live together in community. First the suffering, then the glory which is really hard when things are so intense, but so critical to hold in faith that Jesus, the Messiah, is near and that glory awaits. So I don't know where you're at during this season of your life, but I pray that this Lent would be a powerful time for you, not to feel bad for Jesus. Jesus is just fine to meditate and reflect on the love of God for you, whether you're at the end of the pipe or just coming into that painful place.
Listen to the voice of Jesus. One of the things we do for one another is pray for one another. We're a mature church, 135 years old plus. We prayed for a lot of things, seen some miracles and some healings. And I think this morning we pray for that, for Steve and Sarah, for Sammy, Tim, and Joshua. First the suffering, then the glory. Please join me in prayer. We intercede this morning in the name of Jesus for your servant Steve, mindful of his great love for his family, for the devastating news that hit them this week. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring healing in your time and in your way. Lord, if you're going to use doctors and nurses and chemotherapy and radiation and all the, the scientific technical stuff, then, then that's on you and we trust you for that. And Lord Jesus, if you're going to reach down and immediately touch this man and, and the cancer just goes away, then, then that's up to you. That's on you. And, and if it's your plan that he goes to be with you face to face like Moses and Elijah, then we trust you. Hold him in the palm of your hand. Bless his dear wife. How grateful we are for her ministry and for her work in our community and for the love of children. We pray that you would both provide opportunity for her to be vulnerable and also, Lord, when the moment calls for it to be decisive and strong. We pray for her sons, for Sam, for Tim, for Joshua. Thank you that this is a family that's dialed into our Lord Jesus and, and walks with him and that they are close to one another in this time of suffering and pain. Bless also Steve's parents, his in-laws, Sarah's parents, our faculty at St. John's that are hurting this morning, and our whole congregation as we gather around them in this time of suffering and pain. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray that you'd walk with them to the narrowest of parts of the pipe, that you would grant to them your perfect peace. Bless us as a community of faithful people who know and love Jesus. Some who've been through the pipe of cancer and recovery themselves and others who are in the midst of it. Grant your healing and your hope to all of us, Lord, and encourage us as we listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray.